Welcome back to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about grace, grace, God's grace. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, today, I kind of uh, want to discuss, Chris, uh, my lesson, actually, coming okay. up this Sunday evening. Yeah. Um, I'll be uh, speaking here at Keller Sunday night about grace, God's grace. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and more uh, grace. And uh, kind of figured we'd do a little trial run, uh, just talk through our thoughts uh, here on the podcast um, yeah. before I get up and, and uh, present that message on Sunday night. So, um you know, my very first thought when I started prepping for this lesson was like the surplus of songs that talk about grace. I mean, yeah. um, you got Amazing Grace, obviously, that's like the the first one to go to. Um, yes. But another one that comes to mind and what I, we actually are titling this episode, titling my lesson after Grace, Grace, God's Grace. That's the chorus of uh, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. You know, Grace, yeah. Grace, God's Grace. I won't sing for y'all, but... Um, <laughs> uh, but that's where my mind went first, yeah. you know, is yeah. like just all, all of these different songs. And so I love thinking about um, how deep God's grace is and not not in the way of like, you know, he's got an um, incredible amount of grace for us, which he does. Yeah. Um, but just how how like deep it is in our faith, how deep it is in. Um, and what we profess as, as we're saying, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm of him. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing we do in our walk with Christ is possible without God's grace. And yeah, and uh, the more that you really start to think about it and dig into it, you're like, wow, grace is just, God's grace is just flowing throughout everything we do. Yeah. Um, so I, I got to ask a question. Yeah. Um, what, what is grace? Well, I'm really glad you asked that. <laughs> so um, uh, it's actually kind of interesting when you start looking at it and like, okay, how do we like define grace? You know, a lot of times it's like, okay, well, it's a gift that we're not deserving of. And yes. and that's absolutely true. Um, but when you actually start to compare it to mercy, then you really see what grace is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best definition that I've seen that I've read, even going back to, to the Greek language and the difference between mercy and grace, the best thing that I've found is that mercy is more of like the... You know, I'm going to not punish you, even though you're deserving of punishment. Yeah, it's abstaining from punishment. Exactly. That's when David, when he sinned, it's have mercy on me, oh God. Yep. David is just like, please just don't punish me. Don't cast me away from your presence. That would be a punishment to yep. to cast David away from his presence. Yeah. Grace is like more than that, though. It's not just not punishing. Grace is actually giving you a gift yeah. that you're not deserving of. Correct. Holding you in high high regard, holding you up in, yeah. in, in high favor, even though you're not deserving of it. And so not only has God given us mercy in that he's not punishing us even though we're due punishment, he's going further than that, giving us grace, giving us, lifting us up even though we're not deserving of that. And so it's yeah. like mercy is removing the punishment grace is adding a gift on top of the yeah. punishment when, being removed and mercy mercy typically follows a specific action right like you don't just mm-hmm. ask for mercy uh randomly it, yeah you, you've done something that requires mercy right yep. little kid goes into the kitchen and takes a cookie from the cookie jar yep kid needs mercy yep right because he's done something wrong yep grace 
right, is is so much more than that because, not so much more, but it is more than that because we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, and God is still giving us a gift. He's still blessing us with something, not just with the lack of something, right, which Mm -hmm. would be punishment, but he's blessing us with something good, which is that grace. And so that... There is it, that, it's not only removing punishment, but it's adding gift. Yes. And, and we'll talk about what that gift is that we receive by God's grace. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to that here at the end. Well, um, it, it's obviously Jesus. <laughs> like I don't think that's really any spoiler alert. The, no. the gift that God has given us is Jesus. But we'll see um, towards the end of this podcast of, of what that really means when God has given us Jesus by his grace. Yes. Uh, has, has um, sent Christ to this earth to to bear our sins for us. Um, yep. But what I really like doing is looking at uh, grace as we see it in the Old Testament versus grace that we see in the New Testament, the new covenant under, under the, the new law under Christ. There's actually a pretty interesting difference in grace. Okay. Uh, what we see a lot of times in the Old Testament is that grace is given because of something that somebody's done. Mm-hmm. Um, the goodness of something. Yes, exactly. And that's completely opposite what we read in the New Testament. What we teach is that, no, you cannot earn grace. You cannot do enough good deeds. It's unmerited. Unmerited, exactly. But not in the Old Testament. A lot of times, a lot of examples when you look through the Old Testament is so-and-so did this, yeah. and so they they were uh, found favor in the eyes of God. So-and-so did this, and yeah. so they received grace. So-and-so did did this. And it's interesting that... That's kind of what we see, though. They were given 613 laws, the Israelite nation, yep. and if they followed those laws, then God gave them grace. Yep. If they did X, Y, Z, if they did this thing good, if they did that thing good, then God gave them grace. It was basically a... A reward. A reward, yeah. And what's interesting is that, obviously, there's nothing that, that anybody can truly do to like earn God's favor. Like it Even the like as paul would say you know he was the the jew of all jews like the the most devout uh, yeah. according to the law blameless paul's not going to earn favor in the eyes of god even as blameless as he was under that law yeah. because we're we're human we're fallen we're lost there's not a amount not enough good deeds that we can do to earn favor in the eyes of God to completely remove sin, which is why he had to send Christ, which is why Jesus had to come to this earth to die for our sins because well, I, we're, we're insufficient. Yeah. And I think, I think what you said there right at the very end, right, is to remove sin. I, I think there is a difference between earning the favor of God and being forgiven of sin. Yeah. Uh, so you look at David, right? Well, David was chosen to be king because of his inward heart, yep. right? Because of who he was inside. Uh, you look at Elijah, right? Elijah was, was taken up to heaven and, you know, we've been going over this with the middle school group. And uh, as, as we were going through it, Alyssa and I, Alyssa was like, you know, I never really realized, but I think Elijah was taken up to heaven because he had to deal with Ahab and Jezebel. <laughs> yeah. Like he was rewarded yeah. for that, right? And so in one sense, yes, we can earn God's favor, but we cannot earn we cannot earn the forgiveness. We cannot yeah. earn the, the grace. We cannot, especially today, right? But... Uh, but but we can show the Lord, we can show God, hey, my life, I'm trying to live my life according to your will and according to your laws and mm-hmm. your precepts. And uh, there, there's a psalm where David is basically saying, Lord, I love your laws. I yeah. love your precepts. Yeah. And that should be our, that should which, be our attitude. Which that, that's what's really interesting about what we see in the New Testament is that it was a, God, I'm going to give my life to you in, yeah. in the Old Testament. 
and therefore then God gave grace. Yes. In the New exactly. Testament, it's God has given grace. He's already and now given. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Exactly. Now it's a now are you going to live your life faithfully to him because he has given he because he has offered grace to everybody? Are you going yeah. to live your life faithfully to him? Are you going to live your life for him? Yes. Because he's already offered grace. It's it's kind of a, a flip of what we see in the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, grace has already been offered. Now it's what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Um, so one of the places that I really like to go to look at the comparison of old to new is actually John 1.1. 1, 1. Um, okay. So let me flip over there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I'm, I've gone a lot of different places, so I don't have like anything bookmarked right now. You're good. Um, but John 1.1 1, 1 introduces Jesus Christ. Yes. You know, John, his main point of of the gospel that he recorded is to prove Jesus is the son of God and mm-hmm. only through him is life. Yes. Like that's John's only point. Yeah. Um, towards the end of, of John chapter one. Well, I guess not really towards the end. It's kind of in the middle. Um, but he starts talking about, um, about Jesus and, and, um, and, how things were in the old Testament versus how things are in the new. And sorry, I'm trying to read as I'm talking to find what verse I'm, where the verse was. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the Gospel of John talking about, you know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, or the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and goes on talking about light and darkness, all this stuff is, is definitely referencing referencing Jesus, referencing the Christ. And uh, it's a powerful, powerful passage, especially when, when, read in, uh, when read in accordance with Genesis, right? Genesis 1, the beginning was, uh, you know, was, was nothing. Uh, and so I think looking at, I'm trying to give you a little time while you're, yeah, while you're, you're looking good. it up. Uh, I think in looking at, at, at Jesus in reference to the creation and understanding that Jesus was there in the creation, I think is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, that's that's what John's talking about here. Yeah. You know, chapter one, he introduces, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the word. Yes. Um, but in verse 14, he said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came to the earth to dwell among us. He's no longer... In, in heaven, he came here to dwell among us. Um, and then it says in verse 16, for from his fullness, who Christ is, what he's bringing, his, his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Mm-hmm. And I love that phrasing that it's grace upon grace because we're looking at beginning of the, the world. He was there in the beginning. In the Old Testament, yeah, there was grace but now there's grace upon grace. It's like now there's something better. Yeah. Right away in the Gospel of John, he's saying Jesus has come to the earth and he has brought something with him that is better than anything that we have ever witnessed in the history of of humanity, Yeah, in, in the history of ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that is grace upon grace. Yes. This, this incredible love, this incredible grace. Now um, – you know, it's it's pretty easy to just use that and say, boom, it's through Jesus. That That's where everything happens. But I like to go one other place um, if everybody doesn't mind following along with us one more time. <laughs> um, but it's actually the beginning of Mark. As Mark is beginning his gospel, uh, you know, just as, as John began and he says it's through Jesus, through his fullness that we have grace upon grace, Mark does something similar, but without using the word grace. So knowing already that grace comes through Christ, grace, God's grace, God's gift, God's love comes through Jesus Christ. We know that already. Mark does something really cool in chapter one, verses 21 through 28. He uses what is called a a chiasm or a chiasm. Have you, do you kind of know what that is? Chiasm. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it said both ways because people don't know how to pronounce that Greek (laughs) word. I, I, 
believe it's pronounced chiasm. However, they're stupid clubs at different Christian colleges that are like chi something, <laughs> you know, for the, the Greek yeah. letter X, which <laughs> is fine. They're pronouncing it wrong. But, um, but so I go back and forth. Um, yeah. chiasm, chiasm. Yeah. But what that is, is basically a, uh, literary, um, device that is used to show a, a, a point to emphasize a certain point. And we have that even like in our world today, like, People use these literary devices all the time. Like even Bren- Benjamin Franklin's um, saying, by failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. Yeah. That's the chiasm that I'm talking about. It's like a, 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 a statement with four points, preparing, failing, failing, preparing. See yeah. how it's like A, B, B, A, if you were to just assign a, a letter to each one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have these things all the time, but we just don't really recognize them as these literary devices that, that show a point. But what we find in scripture a lot of time is these literary devices called chiasms. Um, but instead of A, B, B, A, there's like a little extra point in the middle. Yeah. So it would be like A, B, X, B, A. And whatever that X is, is what the author is trying to emphasize. Yeah. All right. So, um, the Gospel of Mark is actually one big chiasm, and it's kind of cool when you can look at it. There's a whole lot of points to it. It's not just A, B, X, B, A. It's like A through Z, yeah. then X, and then Z through A. Then and 1, 2, 3. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> 1, 2, 3, X, yeah. 3, 2, 1. Yeah. Um, and so we see that here in verses 21 through 28 of Mark chapter 1. Mark puts a little chiasm right here at the beginning of his book with an A, B, X, B, A type of statement, this literary device that shows what that X is right there in the middle. X marks the spot, which is where the name chiasm comes from because key in the Greek language is like our English X. Um, And X marks a spot right there in the middle of what Mark's entire book is about. This entire letter that he's writing about, about Jesus, he introduces that here at the beginning. So everybody that reads this, if they're familiar with this literary device, would understand this entire thing's about Jesus. Yeah. And Mark, Mark even... Mark chapter what? Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. Okay. I thought I was in the right place. And, and Mark even tells us yeah. here in this chiasm about a little bit more about Jesus. So you see in verse 21, is he says, and they went into Capernaum. So right away, you've got location. That's like the A thing yeah. is location, Capernaum. Um, yeah. And then in verse 22, as Jesus is sitting there teaching and talking, uh, it says in verse 22, and they were astonished at his teaching. That's everybody sitting around listening. Yeah. Um, they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. And so you've got in verse 21, location. In verse 22, they were astonished at his authority. Yeah. All right. And then in verses uh, uh, tw- in verse 23, uh, Mark introduces the next like little point. Tidbit. Yeah, the next little tidbit. In verse 23, uh, he mentions that there was a man with an unclean spirit. Yeah. All right. So you've got the A, B, C, and then he's about to put the X in there. And this is the important part. He says in verse 24, um, what have you to do with us? Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? This is the man with the unclean spirit talking to Jesus, but pay attention to this. I know who you are, the Holy one of God. And Jesus rebukes him, says, um, be silent, come out of him, rebuking the unclean spirit. But then we see in verses 26, 27, 28, the CBA. After the ABC location, teaching with authority, unclean spirit, then we see 
the unclean spirit in verse 26 convulsed and came out. Verse 27, they were amazed or astonished at his authority. And in verse 28, we see location. He continued to teach in the region of Galilee. And right there in the middle of verses 21 through 28, we see, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So right away, John in his gospel introduces, hey, this is all about Jesus. He was there at the beginning, and he has brought grace upon grace. And at the beginning of Mark's gospel, he introduces who Jesus is, the Holy One of God. And so it's undeniable. You can look at so many different examples. I just try to bring up these two to show Jesus is the entire message of this gift that God is sending. Yeah. This gift that the Holy One of God, the one that has come from God, this gift that God has has sent to earth, this grace yeah. is only through Jesus Christ. Yes. Well, and so I, I've been, I guess the last, I don't know, four or five months, I've been doing a little sermon series mm-hmm. in Romans. And so when we talk about grace, my mind immediately goes to Romans. Yes. Uh, and, and really Romans 5 all the way, I mean, even more than that, but Romans yeah. five, six through through into seven. Uh, but but we'll start just a little bit in Romans five sixteen. It says the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. So there's another little chiasm there, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And he goes on, if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace. And the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And then he goes on a little bit further. We're going to go down to verse 21 here. Uh, It says, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life, again, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then chapter 6 says, what shall we say then? Well, if grace is going to abound, if grace is going to be this yeah. great, if should grace we continue is, to sin? Shall we just continue in sin? Because no, then, dummy. Because then we're going to just, there will be more grace. It'll be grace upon grace, right? Yeah. And it's just going to continue to increase and grow. Yeah. And, and, and that's the sad thing about when we read John 1, when people yeah. are like, oh, see, grace upon grace. Yes. And I'm like, well, they twist it. No, that's not what John is saying when he says, Jesus Correct. has brought grace upon grace. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm always saying, right? And Paul, Paul goes on and he says, you know, our... Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Mm-hmm. And he he uses this little phrase by no means. He uses it like three or four times in the next two chapters. Yeah. Just making the point, no. Like you said, of right? Of course no. not. No, you dummy. Like, no. Yeah. Why would you think that it's okay to continue to sin? And he even goes on to say, do you not know? Of course they know. Yeah. Yes. That, that's a very sarcastic, yeah. biting little. I love it when Isaiah does that. Yeah. Um, I think it's Isaiah 43. Um, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Mm. Right before that, he's like, yeah. do you not know? Have you not heard how yeah. powerful your God is, how strong your God is? Yeah. Um, I just love that sarcasm, yeah. but uh, keep going. So he goes, do you not know? All of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. Mm-hmm. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of of life, and we don't have time to go into all this. I've, I've tried. I've, I mean, I've spent three or four hours going over just these two chapters alone, right? Yeah. So we don't have time for that. But, but man, what a beautiful idea here! And and then you go to verse twenty three. Verse twenty three. 
The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm -hmm. So that gift, right, that we've been talking about this whole time so far is grace. And that grace is only accessible. There is no other way. It's only accessible through Jesus Christ. And we are only able to get that through Christ when we are in Christ. And that only happens through baptism. So I think this idea of grace is, is so important to understand that we do not deserve it. Yeah. When you can fully understand what grace is, what yeah. faith is, because yeah. we understand that, that we're saved by grace yeah. through faith yep. and that obedience to to Christ, to the gospel, is a demonstration of the faith that you profess yes. that obeying the words that he says is he commanded command them to be baptized, command them to, to repent, command yeah. them to confess. Yeah. Um, then when we see that, that Paul recounts the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, and he says mm-hmm. that, that the gospel is this, Jesus died, he was buried, he rose, he appeared before people. Yeah. And Second Thessalonians, we see that God is going to pour out judgment on those who do not know him and those who have not obeyed the gospel. Mm-hmm. Then everything just fits into place. Yeah. Every the, All of scripture comes into place when you can, can see the big picture yes. that there was a problem. That problem is sin. Yeah. So God gave a free gift to humanity because he loved us so much. That free gift is is grace and sending Christ to this earth. Yes. Christ died and there was good news about his death, his burial, his resurrection. That good yeah. news is the gospel. And now it's what are we going to do with this gift that God has given us? Yeah. Are we going to believe, have faith? Are we going to obey yeah. and obey the gospel? Yeah. So I, I think... I really do. I think this idea of grace is so important because I think it is misconstrued in mm-hmm. so many different places, right? People think that, well, Jesus died for me. I don't have to do anything to obtain that grace. God's already given it to me. Like, well, it's not entirely true. Like, there are things you have to do in Absolutely. order to obtain it and to keep it. Because if we continue sinning, will grace abound? Yeah, by no not. means. Right? It's not going to. It's not going to keep. It's not going to keep covering us. Like yeah. that free gift that. That that favor the 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 ability for us to enter into heaven, and that's why that's Christ. why it's about your heart. Yes, you know, is your heart given over to God? And Hebrews four, five, and six talks a lot about that with the yeah. Israelite nation. Their heart continually turned away from God. And mm-hmm. the Hebrew writer uh, Paul uses the Israelites <laughs> as a really good example to say, yeah. "Do not let your hearts turn from God. Uh, yeah. Your heart must be given to Him." And and did you just say the Hebrew writer was Paul? It, it, yeah, <laughs> I said the Hebrew writer. Paul. Yeah. Um, uh, well, the, the place that I really like to go to kind of conclude all of this, yeah. you know, as we're talking about grace is is God's love poured out on us. This, yeah. this gift that he's given us is is because of his incredible and, and powerful love that he has mm-hmm. for all of mankind. We see that, that there's nothing that any other person, there's nothing that Satan, there's nothing that that any evil powers, anything of this world can do yeah. to separate you from God's love and from God's grace. Yeah. It's only you. Yeah. So Romans chapter eight, at the end of that, at the end of that chapter, he starts in verse 31 and Paul says, um, verse 31, Romans eight, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things who shall bring any charge against god's elect it is god who justifies 
Who is condemn, who is to condemn? Jesus Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who is raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And then in verse 37 Paul concludes these thoughts. He says, "No, in all things, we are more than conquerors. You know, he, he kind of answers his own question. Yeah. Uh, who shall separate us? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? And he answers the question he asks, no. None of that can separate us from Christ. Yeah. In all these things, throughout all of that, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, other translations say, I am convinced. Yeah. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the difference of God's grace and any other grace that, that people try to offer. Yeah, That's the difference about God's grace and God's love is that there is nothing else that can affect his grace. Yeah. He's given it to you. And it's just a matter of whether or not you accept it. Yeah. You choose to obey it or to remove yourself from it. Yeah. Satan can't remove you. Height, nor depth, nor angels, nor rulers, nothing else of this world can affect that. Yeah. Except for for you. Yeah. And and you can't affect it for somebody else just as somebody else can't affect it for you. Correct. Each person individually is as close to God as they want to be. Yeah. So that's about all I got. Yeah. Well, that's, that covers it for me, too. I, I appreciate you bringing this up, talking about it. I'm looking forward to, to hearing your lesson this Sunday. Yeah, me, too. It's always really good. When You're we looking forward to... to hearing yours? Well, <laughs> actually, kind of. So <laughs> uh, what I do always on Mondays after I, I preach on Sunday nights is I will go back on our Facebook Live and watch myself. Oh. And uh, just to kind of see, like, you know, am I stumbling over words too much? Am I making the points clearly that I wanted to make clearly yeah. and just kind of self critique myself in that way. So okay. yes, I, I kind of am looking forward to, to listening to myself <laughs> on Monday morning. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to sharing this message with folks. Cool. Um, I was telling my dad a few weeks ago uh, that I was like, you know, I feel like I've preached a lot of like, y'all get right. Y'all get to work. Y'all yeah. like do this, do that. Like be uh, be active Christians, not passive Christians. And so I was telling him, I feel like I just need to preach a sermon about, about God's grace and how powerful his grace is. Um, and, uh, something uplifting and encouraging that there's nothing else that can affect God's grace other than you. Yeah. So be good. I'm excited. Well, um, you want to close this out here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to encourage everyone to actually share this with your friends. You know, each week we try to have something else that we encourage you to do, whether it be to to uh, reach out to us with some comments or anything. This week, I really want to encourage you to share this with a friend. Um, share this podcast with somebody, maybe even just this one episode or any other episode we've recorded in the past. Uh, share it with somebody, encourage them to listen to it. Uh, we have people that that tell us all the time, you know, I shared this with so-and-so and they loved it. Uh, be one of those people. I encourage you to to continue to, to spread the message, continue to have your own Bible conversations. So if you will just uh, stick with us a few more minutes and listen to how you can help us, maybe leave, leave us a review or uh, reach out to us.
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a an opportunity for you to help us financially through a, through a store uh, via Kim's Closet. And you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a, uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be uh, posting in, in each of our episodes. And we just hope that you will, that you will reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it. And that way you can spread the word without having to say a word. So we appreciate you. Thank you all. Have a blessed week.